Hello and welcome to the Wedding Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Pete the Celebrant, and we are proudly sponsored by Easy Weddings. Easy Weddings helps thousands of couples nail their big day every year. With their award-winning directory and mobile apps, you can find and book top-rated wedding suppliers. You can stay on track with their planning tools, or for a more hands-off approach, you can just let them plan the whole thing for you, and they'll save you time and money, because it's free. So jump on to easyweddings.com.au to start your stress-free journey up the aisle today. Today we are joined and we meet Maria Romano from True Love Knots. She shares with us about her own journey from widow to finding someone and also gives us some great advice for those who are looking to date once again. So allow me to introduce to you the very knowledgeable Maria Romano. Well, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Wedding Guide podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And today we are joined by Maria Romano. Maria, how are you doing? I'm doing great and good morning to you and it's good evening here in Las Vegas. It is indeed Las Vegas, as you said, the uh, wedding capital of the world. I uh, I basically just think of Elvis Presley when I think of Vegas. Is that is that a valid thought? Well, you know what? It is valid to a point, but it's interesting. The way of the world and what we're seeing in demographics is changing. But definitely Elvis officiants are definitely in demand still. Okay. Yep. Yep. How things, so things have shifted a bit or the style has changed? Well, I have to tell you in the wedding, on the wedding industry side, I think what's happening is, first of all, um, you have a lot more people that have maybe decided they didn't want to get married prior to COVID. Post-COVID, they've changed their mind. Mm -hmm. And also to what's happened, one of the um, changes that I've seen in the industry, and you need to be flexible. You know, we have, of course, same gender weddings, but now we have non-binary weddings. We have trans you know, transgender weddings and that's something that we really just need to be cognizant of to make couples feel comfortable and that's yeah. what i'm starting to see more of yeah great now you're efficient you're an efficient yourself yes i am and I've been doing it for 12 years <laughs> 12 years there you go and you have you've written a book or books you've uh, got a course that we're going to talk about as well uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as an officiant and a bit about your journey as well? Well, interesting. I was in the rent-a-car business for many, many years with my late husband, Frank, and we sold that business in 2010. And at the time I needed to still go to work, I wanted to do something. And I went to a wedding ceremony in Las Vegas at a Las Vegas Country Club, beautiful venue. And I saw a woman, she was doing this wedding ceremony. And I said, oh my God, I was in awe. I said, I would love to do that. I would love to officiate. And I like being around love. I mean, yeah. I am definitely all things love. So that's how my journey started. I actually, you know, went and got my ordination online, got my licensing here in Las Vegas, and then I pounded the pavement. Oh my gosh. So, you know, Pete, I thought, that the doors were going to just open up. I mean, here I am. No, it took a little bit of time. 
(laughs) And when I started, it wasn't an easy journey. I made so many mistakes, but now like last year I did on almost a thousand weddings, 983 weddings, I think it was. So we keep busy here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, has the de- I guess has the demand or has have weddings increased since coming back in terms of uh, the number and the amount? I think you said that there was was an increase of those who weren't going to get married, but have you seen an increase just in your own business? Yes, we have seen an increase, and destination weddings are on the rise. People put their weddings off for a couple mm. of years, so they're anticipating that our weddings normally in throughout the year throughout the U.S. they had anticipated about two point two million. I think there are going to be about two point five or two point six million throughout the country, and then of course twenty twenty three will also be on an uptick. So people are getting married, and they love coming to Las Vegas. Yeah, 2.6 million weddings. I can't remember the amount, the population of Australia. I'm pretty sure that's like either about 10% or just under the population of Australia. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because in Las Vegas, we will probably issue in Clark County, which is Las Vegas, we'll probably issue close to like 85,000 marriage licenses. So that just gives you an idea of what occurs in Las Vegas. That's how yeah. big of a business, $2.2 billion a year industry just wow. to Clark County. So it's big. Yeah. I do hear there's a big uh, wedding expo or conference in Las Vegas that is, uh, some. I know some Australian celebrants have been there before. Sounds like a bit of fun. Well, guess what? I'm one of the speakers this coming year. I'm oh, a wedding MBA. Are you kidding? I am like so thrilled, so jazzed. And I'm going to be talking about marketing and um, SEO and how to market yourself yeah. to wedding professionals. So I was so thrilled to be picked. I'm excited. So maybe I'll get to meet yeah. some of your fellow celebrants. Yeah, look, I'm sure some more will be going over there. I think uh, it will be worth at least one year taking a trek over and, and having a bit of fun seeing what's going on in the rest of the world. There is so much wedding MBA brings so much to people in the industry and they bring in the best of the best. And I have to tell you, I went last year for the first time and as many years as I've been in the business, that's because I'm on the board for the Las Vegas wedding chamber. So of course I got invited. I went, I took the time off. So worth it. And it got me a speaking gig. (laughs) That's true. It's pretty good. (laughs) So tell us, um, so you, you went from, the rental car business, your late husband, Frank, mm-hmm. you sold the business. Then you went, you saw someone officiating and uh, you've now doing numerous weddings since. And tell us a little bit about, you've written a book, tell us about the book and then tell us about the, the course and also why you wrote those things. Well, I wrote a book during the pandemic called Going From Just One to a Plus One. And that's based upon my journey as a widow getting back in the dating world. So Mm -hmm. let me back up a bit. So in 2012, okay, I'll never forget August 8th, 2012, I walked into the hospital over at Desert Springs Hospital. My husband, Frank, had had a heart transplant in 1997. So he was always on borrowed time. And 2012, August 8th, I had to make a painful decision. 
uh, I had to take Frank off life support. And I'll, I'll never forget when I walked into the room and I smelled that hospital smell and I could just see a sea of white coats, all the doctors standing around, all the equipment. Frank basically was gone in many mm -hmm. ways. And as they unhooked him and as he transitioned, I, you know, I realized that he was at peace. He was no longer suffering and my life changed. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to change, but my life did change. And then a few months later, I was sitting in my kitchen, looking around the room. And I remember the smell of Sunday dinner. It was baked lasagna. And I walked over to Frank's chair and I kind of like just gently just took my hands over the top of his chair, ran my hands. And then I sat down in my chair and I would have done anything not to have dinner alone. Mm. And that's when I realized I was no longer a plus one. I was now a just one. And when that journey, then I decided a couple of years later to get back in the dating world. So there was 2014, 13, 14. And oh my gosh, Pete, the world changed in dating after being married for 33, 34 years. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And what a journey, what a journey it was. Yeah, I'm personally, I've been married uh, nine years now and I'd be terrified to go into the dating world again. <laughs> it's changed so much. And that is so true because there's so many things that you think about when you've been with somebody for a while. You know, they're like putting on a pair of comfortable shoes, right? Yeah. Put them on and they they know your feet, you know those shoes and you go. But then when you meet somebody, so I have to tell you, every mistake you can think of, I made, okay? Because I was so resistant to online dating and, but that is the way of the world. Not that you're going to always meet somebody online, but you really need to, if you want to find somebody, you need to effectively use all platforms. So that would be yeah. online dating, getting out there to social events, and also maybe recruiting your friends and family to help you, you know, if there's somebody they know that's single. Mm -hmm. But what I found is that, you know, being single it was a big change. And I'm sure you might have some listeners that feel that way. You know, you're used to having dinner with somebody. You go out with your friends and they're making plans with their significant others to go on trips, right? And then you get that pang in your stomach, like, my gosh, somebody kicked me in the butt. I'm all alone. But then mm -hmm. the thought of getting out there again, you think I'm getting older, right? What do I have to offer? Is it too late for me? And those are, those are the insecurities that you go through. And dating also, you know, you have to kind of psych yourself up. And, and that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I speak to people about that. Because you can be so successful dating. You can find that perfect person, but you need a game plan. Yeah. Mm. So is your course a bit about helping others develop that game plan? Yeah, I have to tell you. So I've had several clients that have done extremely well. Uh, one of them is in a, one of them, the last one that I spoke to was in a long-term relationship, but it's interesting. What I do when I start working with clients is 
we go, we, we look at what's happened to them in the past. So for example, yeah. I had this client, Scott, that came to me and he was married 29 years and his marriage ended. And unfortunately his wife had some addiction issues. It, and he, through the course of the years, they tried to work it out. It didn't work out. So of course he felt like it was the death of a dream. He had planned to spend the rest of his life, you know, mm. with this woman. So then he started to get back in the dating world. He did online dating and he was attracting the same type of individual, a person that had addiction issues. Yeah. So when we, when he came to me, he said, I don't understand. He, good looking guy, early sixties has done extremely well for himself. So we actually delved into it is we looked at what happened in his past. Well, come to find out his mother, who has been part of AA now for like 50 years, she was an alcoholic. And when he was 16, he drove her to her first AA meeting. So when we unpacked this, he was still attracting that type of person that he was trying to rescue. So once, right, once we got him to change his mindset, he was able now to date a lot more successfully. And with, you know, as little dysfunction in your life. And I call this dysfunctional detoxing. And that's part of what I have in the book and part about what I teach people on what they're doing, because it's not easy. It's not easy, again, getting back in the dating world. And especially when you're a little older. Okay. So if someone comes to you um, through this, this course, you, you dive into the background a little bit, um, you're looking at maybe some, some pain points in terms of uh, people they're attracting, who they're like, you know, I'm after a different type of person, uh, or you're looking at uh, helping them navigate through traditional meeting someone through a friend at a the city dance to now uh, you're meeting online and, and navigating that. How do you help them navigate? Are you showing them the different apps that are around? Are you looking at the profile you're going to put on? So what I do is is I like to take somebody under my wings because I really want them to be successful. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we, we talk about what they're comfortable with first as far as getting out there and dating because there are a lot of people that are still a little resistant to dating apps they sure. hear these horror stories, like we've heard of the Tinder swindler, right? That has been a big <laughs> show. I don't know if you got to watch that, but you know, those are extreme, extreme cases. Sure. And I, I, I'm in the wedding business, you're in the wedding business, and I meet people from all over the world and 50, 60% of them meet online yeah. and, they, and they're all different ages. So I think that first of all, gives them a feeling of comfort because I'm actually out there. I'm actually meeting people that are getting married. So I think the first thing is what we do is we start unpacking and identifying what they're comfortable with. And we really start working on you as an individual, because the only way you're going to attract somebody, first of all, you need to make sure that you've kind of shed those residuals from your past relationships or habits that we have. And also that you need to to really like and love yourself. Confidence is so sexy. And mm-hmm. as we age, we get a little bit more, you know, those insecurities step, kind of step in almost like an imposter syndrome. So we start sure. with those steps. And then I tell them, there's a couple of things you can do. 
I have profile starter kits. I help them with putting their profile online, helping them with writing and making sure their pictures look great. And then of course, looking and identifying what type of events they might go to and meetup groups so they can meet people as well. And then of course they can maybe at, if they're still working, but again, that fine line with working might not work because of you know being in the workplace, you don't want to, to put yourself in a situation where it could be sticky. Okay. And then also telling your friends and family, hey, you know, I'm looking for somebody and giving them kind of an idea of what you're looking for. And the key thing too is identifying what you want in a relationship what you want because what you know what you wanted 35 40 years ago you know you might have wanted kids then right now you have grandchildren now you might want to raise puppies and kittens with somebody sure. so, those are, <laughs> so you really kind of you need to identify what are you really looking for yeah yeah i would yeah i imagine things are going to change and shift uh you know we all change naturally so as you get older you're maybe the person you're after also changes. Um, so yeah, okay. And it's sounding to me a little bit more like it's, and I'm, I hope this is a compliment, thinking of like the old movie, uh, it's not that old, but Hitch with, uh, with Will Smith. This, this, is the, this is the modern role you're playing. You're helping people get online or meeting people and uh, becoming their best selves in terms of particularly in confidence. Uh, it's fantastic. And I just watched that movie again a couple of months <laughs> ago. You, so I started laughing. I said, this is like exactly what I do. And I even help them with date prep because sometimes sure. people just don't know what to say. So right mm. away, they want to go from A to Z and say, hey, I'm looking to get married. I want to know what your finances. You can't do that. <laughs> no matter what age you are. And that's what happens. What happens is people want to fast track. You know, when you're younger, Pete, you have that biological clock that's ticking, right? Especially if you want to have children, you want to have them at a halfway decent age. But what happens when you get to my age and a little younger and older, that mortality clock sets in. <laughs> so oh. people are just trying to fast track. And this is where you really need to take your time. You need mm. to take your time because you don't want to be dating. You don't want to be you know, looking for that person for 10, 11, 15 years at this age. You want to make sure you're narrowing it down and you're dating with clarity. You're dating with purpose. But you got to be honest with yourself and who you are and what you're looking for. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. If we just ask, go through a few of those key steps and maybe give us your, your just one sort of key advice for each. So say someone is looking at getting online, they're setting up their profile uh, in terms of what would be the or one key thing in terms of writing their bio that you would say you need to make sure it has this or looks like this. Write your profile, starting off with a positive, okay, and not a negative. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I, that I come across uh, quite frequently when a client calls me and says, I just be attracting the wrong person. Well, okay. For example, I had a woman call me and she starts off with, I don't want a deadbeat. I don't want a couch potato. And I don't uh, want somebody that gambles. <laughs> and, and I had another gentleman say, I don't want to date anybody that has a lot of drama in their life. So when you start off with the negatives, that's going to deter. But now if you turn it around and start off with, you know, I'm the type of person and I'm looking to have fun. And the, there's, and I believe in the four F's, family, uh, friends, food, and fun. 
And I'm, you know, I'm, I would love to have a great travel partner to get up and go. So if you're a couch potato, maybe you might not be for me, or maybe you're a couch potato that's ready to turn into a hot potato and start, you know, so there's so many things you can say that can make people laugh and make them say, you know what, this person got really creative. So that's what I would recommend. Start with the positive about yourself and then move to something that what state what you're looking for in a partner and go from there. Love it. Okay. Start with the positive. Uh, what about pictures? Oh, worth a thousand words, worth a million <laughs> words. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. guys and girls, let's talk. Let's talk really serious about pictures. <laughs> a picture needs to be current, current, no less mm. than a year old. A yeah. picture needs to be taken with you moving in action, smiling, bright colors, taking a picture and you're looking up from here to here and we see the bottom, not good. A picture of a guy in boxers, absolutely. Even, <laughs> yes, even at my age. Okay, I've seen this. Really? Like, I don't really want to see that. That's not a visual. Women, very low cut. You're, if that's what you're looking for, sex, that's one thing. If you want a meaningful long-term relationship, not that you have to dress like a nun, dress with class, dress with like, I would take that person home to meet my family. But the thing is, and you don't have to be gorgeous. You don't have to look like you're in your 30s. What the key thing is, I always tell my clients is make sure you're smiling and make sure you your your teeth, your teeth need to look good. That's that's the first thing that people look mm. at. And that's your gateway to all your organs. And if you have good teeth, that means you're taking care of yourself. That means your skin is glowing and keep that sparkle in your eye. You don't have to be, maybe you need to lose 10 pounds. That's no big deal. That doesn't mean that you're not handsome or beautiful. So pictures are important. And I do recommend if you can have them done professionally, but have a photo shoot done or have a friend take an iPhone and make sure you have flattering light and actually sunlight outside. The lighting is the best. Yeah. Uh, do you recommend it's just a picture of someone just smiling at a camera? Or are they doing something? Absolutely. You know what? I, for example, I uh, had a picture of myself in action working out, you know, on a, I was on a, a bicycle stationary bike. So I think in hiking. So I think that says a lot about a person. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Or golfing, whatever it is that you like, walking your dog, but but not your kids. Take those out and don't show your toys. Guys like to show their muscle cars, their boats. <laughs> you know, then you're attracting again. What are you attracting? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got so be positive. I really like that. It's interesting, you know, but it's never really clicked before. The teeth. Yeah, it's pretty important. You know, that it says it does say a lot about someone. Um, you know, particularly if they claim them, which is important. Uh, then into, so the messages that someone is sending, what do you recommend in terms of, uh, do you give them some form of a, a script or things to focus on or, or to touch base just in that typing, texting phase? Well, what happens on dating apps, sometimes people get lazy and it's just like looking for a job. You really need to make an effort. So what I recommend with my clients is not being, you know, a slave to the dating app, not answering right away, maybe in the morning, if you may be at your lunchtime, if you have time and in the mm -hmm. evenings and 10 or 15 minutes, take a look at profiles and send not just a like or a heart send. You know what? I noticed something about your profile. You love to hike. Where was the last place you hiked? 
or you know, do you have any fun uh, vacations set up or what's on your bucket list? But something like that to, uh, to start stimulating conversation. And that's, that is a very important part of whether you're meeting somebody in person or you're on a dating app. People need to learn how to make conversation. Mm. And sometimes because we've been with somebody for so long, we, don't, we know who that person is and then you put yourself out there. So it's completely different. And that's definitely, don't just send a heart or a like, really take the time to look at that person's profile and say something. And I know that, you know, men are visual and women are visual as well. And we look at the picture, but really read the profile. Don't discount, because you might find something in the profile that you're overlooking that might not be your best match. Sure. Uh, And then in terms of, so you mean someone's, They've liked the the bio, they've liked the pictures, they've had a good little chat. In terms of meeting again, what are some of those top tips when you recommend someone's actually going on that first date? Well, first of all, I say text a little bit. And I don't recommend moving into a first date face-to-face right away. I recommend Mm. doing a video chat. Oh, yeah. That saves a lot of time, even when you're in the same town. And the reason being... Sometimes people don't look like their pictures, okay? Or that'll separate you from somebody that's trying to scam you because there are people that get taken up, they look at pictures and then they give them, they're they're texting back and forth. And before you know it, they'll put off having a video chat. Now, some people are shy about video chatting. That's totally up to you. But if you're going to video chat, just make sure you have great lighting. And it's only for a few minutes. It kind of gives you a feel. And it gives you a feel about the person's surroundings mm-hmm. as well. So I'd recommend video chat first. And then if you like that, then set up a first date. And usually no more than an hour. One drink, one cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. Breakfast maybe, but no more than an hour. No more than an hour. It's good. But you know, even if you like that person a lot, leave them wanting more. That's how I feel. And then let's go to, because this is where then you come to a bit of a fork in the road. You're either like, yes, I want to see this person again, or no, I don't. So what do you do if, yes, you want to see them again? And then what do you do to then close the door? Okay. So what happens is this is what I always recommend with my clients. It's not what everybody does. go have the first date. And if there's something that really turns you off, okay, really that's something that's a red flag, then of course, stick with your gut. And if they reach out to you, tell them, hey, I think you're a great guy or girl and you have a lot of wonderful qualities. I just don't think you're a match for me. And be very honest. Mm. However, if you were nervous and not too sure, and maybe that person was nervous, try to go on at least two more dates because sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the chemistry to actually heat up and the connection. You're nervous. It's just like an interview. When yeah. you go on an interview for the first time, it takes a, it takes time and an mm. hour. So give that person, sometimes people say things they don't mean. They might laugh too much because they're nervous. So go on a second or third date, unless there's something that just you don't like, but always tell that person that they are great. They have a lot of fabulous qualities. They're just not a match for you. And I think that's a nice way. Mm. Now, if you like them, send them, tell them I really enjoyed meeting you and I'd love to get together again. 
and then mm. just take it from there. But text, I don't think you should do it face to face right away. Sure. People are still shy. They don't know how to, whether either to break it off or move forward. Oh, I guess we'll end on, there's one more question after this, but in terms of the dating, so you're catching up, whether it's the first date, second, third, are you talking or, or do you encourage the bringing up the conversation of your previous marriage or previous partner, either whether you're, you know, like yourself, uh, you know, lost Frank, are you talking about Frank? Are you talking about the marriage that you're no longer in or is this a, is it a taboo? What do you recommend? Absolutely. The first date, you know, you might just say, hey, I'm divorced or I'm a widow or widower. They'll say, I'm sorry. And they might ask maybe on when somebody how they passed away, that mm. type of thing. Um, as far as a divorce, I just leave it as, you know, leave it as is. Some people feel they need to share everything. You know, somebody needs to earn your trust. Mm. Okay. Before you start sharing anything. So that takes time. So I believe that something like that, you want to know why previous relationships might not have worked. And that's important because you just want to see what it was. But if you just wait, you know, wait until you get to a point where before intimacy, before you move to an intimacy stage, but somewhere around the fourth or fifth day, and get to know each other mm. before yep. you start making assumptions. Great. Well, Maria, I feel like you have lots of great and incredible advice to share. So I'm definitely recommending that, uh, you know, people to go and see you, look at your course, have, you know, read through your book. Um, maybe let's just leave one bit of advice for, for couples who are currently getting married. Let's go put your celebrant hat on. For <laughs> couples who are currently getting married, what would be your, your best advice for them? Well, one thing is I think what happens with marriage is sometimes we we need to make sure that we're there for each other. You know, we're getting married and we're at the best, right? We're at, we're at our best and everything about us is glowing. But also you need to be there with each other to be each other's biggest cheerleader, to be each other's best friend and to always have each other's back. And those are the key things that you need to make sure that being the best of friends is going to make all the difference and continuing to be best of friends throughout your relationship. And also keeping the romance in it. Just because you've been married in what, nine years, 10 years, making sure that you're making the effort to keep it fresh, to keep it fun, no matter what age you are. 100% agree. It's uh, marriage is something continuous to work on and make it, uh, and the more you do, the better it gets. So, yeah. Maria, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate uh, all this advice. And, uh, you know, this is something you might even go, you know, recommend to others who I know, like my parentals, and be like, have a, have a look at this if, if they're game. I don't know if they're game to get into the dating world, but uh, you never know. You never know. Well, yeah. They can always start by just buying my book. It's on Amazon. <laughs> so if they're just True not that. sure, they can buy the book and start with the first steps. It's like $19.95 on Amazon. So. Perfect. Great. Well, Maria, thank you so much. We'll make sure uh, people can find you through all the links in the show notes. Uh, thank you for your time. And thank you for contacting us, you know, halfway across the world as well. Great. Thanks, Maria. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoy that and uh, have an incredible day. Bye.
like we do it, like we do it.